The main thing is, is honestly, is if you're going to do something in life, you're going to have to take some risk. And taking risk is what's, you're going to grow out, you know, what is it, you grow more outside of the box, you know, but don't be afraid to take a risk. You are listening to the Infinite Franchisee Show. I am your host, April Porter. I am a franchisee empire building strategist, creator of the Infinite Franchisee Program, attorney, and an award-winning multi-unit franchisee on a mission to fill the gap between the franchise model and the executive level strategies you need to increase profits, build a team, and scale into multiple locations. Here, we connect every franchisee to infinite possibilities. Welcome back to the Infinite Franchisee Show, everyone. Today, I'm very excited to share a special guest with you, Ricky Hall from Nutrition HQ. How's it going, Ricky? Hey, April, everything's great. Thank you for having me today. Oh, it's a pleasure. So if you would, will you give us a little sense of what Nutrition HQ is? I mean, you're the franchisor of that brand, is that right? That is correct. Nutrition HQ was founded in 2015 and we are a brick and mortar retail vitamin supplement one-stop nutrition concept that's awesome how many locations do you guys have right now we have two locations right now one in illinois and one in indiana okay so you guys are a fairly new franchise and what the industry often refers to as an emerging franchisor that is correct so we were approved in october of 2020 to start franchising the concept when COVID hit and basically I was locked down, my attorney and I, Eric Reese, who is a basically a friend, that's his, that's his forte franchising. He was like, let's just knock out this FDD since we're locked down. And that's what we did. We knocked out the FDD and, and got everything in place to start franchising the concept. Very cool. So I'm aware of your story and what brought you to the point where you were decided to move into franchising on the franchisor side. But you started this journey in both nutrition and franchising many years ago, right? That is correct. I actually opened my first franchise store as a franchisee in February of 2020. And it was under a nutrition concept also, GNC, the General Nutrition Centers. And you did that in 2020? I'm sorry, 2000. Yeah, I opened my first GNC in 2000, February of 2000. All right. And tell us a little bit about the growth that you experienced as a franchisee of that concept. Yeah. So it took a little while to get it off the ground. It was pitched to you like you're going to open the door and people are going to fly through the door and you're going to be basically driving to the bank every day with lots of money. And that is not how it works. It takes a lot of work. And once I figured that out, I started buying out other franchisees who couldn't grasp that. And then literally within 30 to 45 days, I was fixing those stores and I had them making money in. At the height of it in 2010, when I sold, I had five stores, four in the St. Louis area and uh, partners with one in uh, Tucson, Arizona. That's awesome. 30 to 45 days to turn failing store around is like lightning fast. It is. And you know what it was, was, you know, I had great relationships with vendors. So I was negotiating my own product, not prices, but I was negotiating my own product lines, bringing them in. They were unique to the store. I was bringing my staff in and training them on how to actually sell for the customer's needs and not sell for corporate GNC's needs. And that was what the problem was. These failing franchisees were selling for what GNC them to sell. And that wasn't taking care of the customer's needs. Okay. So what did you do once you had five stores? 
Well, at that point, you know, the stores were doing really well. And I was butting heads with GNC corporate because they kept telling me I was doing it wrong. I'm like, I am turning stores around and have them making money and paying me more in royalties than anybody did. And I just could not, we couldn't bridge the gap between franchisee and franchisor. So in 2010, I sold everything and moved on. And so you were able to successfully sell, I assume, because you had great stores. Yes, I was. I actually was very successful at selling. You know what Sad April is? Out of the five stores that we sold, there is only one that's still open today. Ugh, it is. It's heartbreaking. And we see that happening not just in the nutrition industry, but really in all kinds of retail, you know, particularly after COVID. But then again, we see some places that flourish through COVID. And I think a lot of that does really come down to management and to how you develop your team to be leaders, not just, you know, people pushing a product. It is all about attitude. When COVID hit, I literally was on the phone with my team at least once a week talking about how we will elevate, keep a positive attitude. We're going to be able to stay open. The world's coming to an end outside of our doors, but inside of our doors, we are going to live happy and we are going to live healthy. And we're going to let everybody in that store feel the same way. And at that point in time with COVID, that was actually with your Nutrition HQ brand. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So you sold your five, your five franchises back in 2010, you said? Yes. All right. And then there's still a 10 year gap there before we get to your nutrition HQ. So what did you do in between? So in between, I went and opened up another franchise concept called complete nutrition and started to grow that concept at the height in 2014. I had seven stores between Illinois, Indiana, and Missouri. We were probably going to do a little over 5 million in 2014. We were on pace to probably do over 5 million. I couldn't pay any of the bills. All the franchisees were fighting, not amongst themselves, but amongst uh, some franchisees were fighting amongst themselves and fighting corporate. And it was just a beehive. Just think about swatting a beehive. And that's what it was. That's what it felt like. So in April of 2014, I negotiated a mutual release or a mutual agreement to separate. And I separated from complete nutrition and kept my my seven locations and then started the rebranding, which would in the future become Nutrition HQ. And it was not pretty. So people don't think it was pretty because I always say, remember, see the commercial of Geico where the guy's driving down the road and all the money's flying off because it's what he's saving. That was money I was spending trying to save everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, if you were if you had seven stores making $5 million, but yet still couldn't pay the bills, there is what that indicates is that you were acquiring assets at a rate higher than which you were acquiring revenue. That is, And so that's a breakdown in a model. That's not, you know, I mean, because you can't, you can continue to grow revenue, right? So let's talk about this for a moment for our listeners. So like the whole goal and many times the goal in, well, the goal should always be in business to continue to grow your revenue. If you're not growing, you're dying, right? So you could continue to grow and grow and grow your revenue. Now, if you can keep your expenses and your assets the same, or that revenue growth is going to result in profit growth. Many times as you grow and as you put things in place that have that grow your revenue, your expenses are going to grow, but they cannot, that percentage of growth cannot exceed the percentage of growth of the revenue. You can't invest a hundred thousand dollars in marketing to grow $10,000 of revenue. 
right? Cool. And that's generally like, that's what we're talking about when we say things like, you know, the revenue is growing and you're killing it, but somehow the model was forcing you to, to spend all of it. Yeah. And you know, this is a great point to make. So, and you'll hear this a lot and you'll hear it in audios and, and books and YouTube, but it's always like the franchise always like, well, you're not, you're not, your revenue is not growing. So spend more on marketing. Well, you can't just spend more on marketing. You can't spray and pray. And that's what kept happening. You're like, spend more on marketing. And I remember sitting down with my accountant one day and he was like, there's only three people winning in this business model. The franchisor because of the top line sales, because they get the royalties, the radio stations, because you're buying more and more radio and the landlords, because you have these A locations and it's not justifying the revenue. Exactly. So, and those are three things that were determined by the corporate office at that time. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Okay. So it sounds to me like there, maybe you had a moment. Well, let me just ask you, I mean, did you feel the model was broken? I knew the model was broken and I had flown to corporate multiple times trying to help them understand that the model was broken. And the reason I was able to go up there so often was they brought me on as a former GNC franchisee, helping them build a franchise model that wasn't GNC. And they were doing just the opposite. They were making it worse. So ultimately that led to you being able to move on from them. And obviously that's not easy. And this is a word of caution to people who think if you're having problems with your franchisor, you could just suddenly move on. A lot of brands, that's not going to be possible at all. And even if it is, it's usually going to cost you time and money and energy in legal fees and other things in order to have conversations with attorneys, reviewing documents, and a lot of energy. There's something to be said about how much energy people can expend in being you know, frustrated and angry and bouncing your head off a wall. And April, you're, you're 100% correct. And this is my advice to any franchisee that's frustrated with the franchisor. There is somebody in that corporate office that you can connect with and you will get more honey. What is it? More flies with honey. And that is exactly the approach I would take. If you're trying and you're frustrated with your franchisor, if you're in a true franchise system that you believe the franchisor is looking out for the franchisee, grab somebody, talk to them, walk that journey together. If you're a franchisee in an anti-franchisee franchise system, figure out how to get out, but do it as, it's not easy, but you're going to have to move on because you're never going to be able to bridge that gap. But that's why you always want to look like a, look for a franchisee friendly franchise. So how was it that these experiences inspired you to become a franchisor? You know, I can look back at, at my GNC days and my complete nutrition days. And once again, my attorney, Eric, and I, we were really good friends. We talked a lot. And we talked about, I think I always had a vision, able to be a franchisor. I don't know why. I love coaching. I love leading. I love helping people grow their business. And it was kind of the perfect fit. And when I split away from complete, you know, Eric was like, Ricky, I know you want to be a franchisor. I've seen it for the past few years. It's just kind of how you're wired. You left GNC because of greed. You left Complete Nutrition because of greed. And he goes, you get greedy. I will not represent you. And that's been the whole mindset the whole time we started building this My Franchise Concept Nutrition HQ. That is so awesome. So you're building your franchise with the franchisee perspective in mind for the things that you're putting in place. 
Yes. And, you know, so once we negotiated the mutual release from Complete, I was in, I live in St. Louis. I was, I was going to Clayton to meet with a bunch of guys and I ran into one of the attorneys that worked under Eric and he literally said, I can't believe you and Eric negotiated that deal. He goes, now you become the franchisor, take all your franchisees money and party on your yacht. And I'm like, no, now I become the franchisor, make my franchisees rich and we all party on the yacht together. We got to do this together. You got to go hand in hand in the battle. That's the only way you can win. A hundred percent. And that's what we preach here every single week is that there is a way to do that. So can you explain to our audience just some of the things that you've put in place that you feel are is different than your experience as a franchisee and you know that you've put in place so that your franchisees do have a different experience? Yeah, top line sales are awesome. And I win with top line sales because of royalties, but they don't win if they don't understand the bottom line. And I try to teach the whole business model, not what just goes on inside the store, inside those four walls, the proper product mix, the proper sales technique, but how do you keep your break your expenses down? You know, not signing an $8,000 mall lease. You got to sell a lot of vitamins to sell it, to cover an $8,000 rent. So what we've done is we go in and we've set up benchmarks to say, hey, this is where we want your rent to be. This is the kind of location we're looking for. This is what we believe you should spend in marketing. And then as marketing, as your store grows, and we have reasons why we spend that much. And then as the store grows, then you can spend more and more in marketing. We don't want you going out spending 25% of marketing day one because you don't even have the system down yet. So we ease you into it while driving sales, but also monitoring your expenses to keep everything down. Where should payroll be? You know, looking at all that different stuff. That's awesome. I think that area is one that many franchisees are unfamiliar with when they come in, right? First-time business owners, they they understand passion, they understand wanting to help people, they understand wanting to make an impact, but they may not understand P&Ls. They may not understand really how what percentage should their payroll be? What makes a great location that isn't going to cost them an arm and a leg? And those are also the things that can be very intimidating. For franchisees right because it causes friction since they don't know the answers it's easy to concentrate on the stuff that's fun and that's where a lot of franchisees get into trouble yet a lot of franchisors aren't going over those types of things with their z's to help really so that they can control their profitability and so i think it's really important yeah and i think that's another value i bring to the table is like i've made these mistakes as a franchisee listen to my franchisor I've signed bad leases. I've been sued by landlords. I've made marketing spends that make no sense when you look back to it. And those are the things I say, hey, you know what? I made these, I paid this stupid tax for us to make sure that you don't have to. Right. That's amazing. So let's talk for a moment then about your projected growth. Where do you see your franchise going in the next few years? Yeah. And you and I've had this conversation, I've had it with a lot of people. I've turned down, I think, three people already that wanted to open my concept. I'm after my next five to 10 franchisees over the next couple of years. I want them to be fit into our culture. I want them to be drinking the Nutrition HQ Kool-Aid because those franchisees are my cheerleaders that are going to help me get to the next, you know, get me up to 50. And my goal is to have 100 locations open by 2030. Those numbers aren't set in stone because I want to grow this thing the right way. I don't want 100 stores open in 2030 and only 10 of them are making money. I want 100 stores open in 2030 and 100 stores are making money. That's awesome. 
And not just money, good money. Money, you can say, I'm so freaking happy I opened this Nutrition HQ. How do I open 100 more? Right. Like actually starting to chip away at that dream, right? And that's where I think, too, so many franchisees get frustrated is that and where the disconnect comes with a lot of franchisors because franchisors are like, well, you're making money. You know, we've given you what you need to make money. And the franchisee is like, well, wait a second, though. My dream coming into this was to make enough money to take my family on a couple of vacations a year, you know, to be able to do, you know, buy the car that I want. And yeah, I'm making money, but it's not equating to what my vision and my dream was. It's that disconnect that really starts to break down that relationship. You're 100% correct. And you've got to listen to your franchisees because you may have a franchisee that is happy with the store that does three quarters of a million a year. He can take his family on vacation every four months. He can play, he or she can play golf two or three days a week and they are perfectly content. What happens is you have franchisors going, why can't you make this a million dollar location? Why don't you open another store south of town? Well, what if that guy or girl doesn't want that? What if they're happy, they're a happy franchisee? You and you now you empower that and say, hey, Mike, I want you to go over here and talk to Jessica because you guys have the same mindset in that area. I want you guys to be two happy franchisees. Maybe you only want one location. Let it be. Empower that and make sure that you're on the same side as them and understand that. I've seen so many franchisors go to a single unit franchiser and not force them, but just keep pushing them to open up multiple locations. Now they're a shitty multiple location of franchisee versus an amazing single store owner. That's right. Not everyone is built to have multiple locations. No. No, not everyone is built to really elevate into that entrepreneur mindset and get out of the business. Some people want to be behind the counter, want they enjoy having their hands, you know, being the customer facing and having their hands on the product. And that's what they wanted is they wanted something to occupy their time in retirement. They didn't want to have a team where they're just sitting at home still and collecting money. It's really important to understand what each franchisee's vision is, because that's ultimately going to determine whether or not they're happy if they're reaching that vision. You're right. And I was at a conference last year where a guy uh, a franchisor was talking about one of his franchisees and they were at an event where a guy got the million dollar award, you know, for having a store that generated a million in sales. And the franchisee looked over and was like, if I ever get that award, make sure you punch me because <laughs> I don't want that stress. And you got to just listen and put your ego in your back pocket. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, tell us if people want to learn a little bit more about Nutrition HQ and you, Ricky, how do they do that? Yeah, my website is nhq.rocks, so nhq.rocks. You can find me on Instagram, Ricky NHQ. Just Google Nutrition HQ. We have a YouTube channel. Everything's pretty much, if you Google your NHQ, you're going to find us. That's awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Do you have any parting words you'd like to provide to the audience? You know, the main thing is, is honestly, is if you're going to do something in life, you're going to have to take some risk. And taking risk is what's you're going to grow out, you know, what is it? You grow more outside of the box, you know, but don't be afraid to take a risk, but do your due diligence. Do as much research on franchising as you possibly can. When I opened my first store in 2000, there was not the, the digital world out there where you could find as much information as you can now. So do your homework on franchises and don't be afraid, you know, see if you can get the, the founder on the phone. 
and talk to them, see what they're, you know, get, get, get their temperature, see what they're really after. Great advice. Great advice. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We've loved having you. My pleasure, April. I love being here. Thank you for setting aside time to grow your business and mindset with me today. Every franchisee has a dream to achieve sanity, wealth, and gratitude. And I created this podcast to help you do just that. So if you loved what we covered and you know someone who could benefit from it, I would be honored if you would share it with them. Between now and next time, don't you dare settle for anything less than infinite success.